What's going on, IBL gang? It's your boy, the Stuntman, back with another episode. And joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris the Laserbeam Lazar. How you doing, Chris? Not too bad. And you? I kind of came in hot and heavy with that intro. Felt a little, you know, impassioned yeah, you just went right. You just went right for it. I, I told you less than, you know, a minute ago that we were starting. And you said, okay. So well, actually, I said, don't tell me what to do. And then you started it anyway, which fair. I don't want to be here all day either. No, but uh, that's what my sister does. What does she do? She just does whatever she wants, mm. regardless of whether people are ready or want to or mm. anything like that. So, wow, that was rude. Kind of came in hot there for <laughs> her too. Sorry about that, Amelia. That's uh, mm. that's my B. But here we are, back with another episode. Of course, last week we had. Ryan Rio on the pod. What an awesome episode that was. I'm still talking about it. He's excited. He wants to get back on. um, And we're going to go maybe shoot 18 before the uh, summer is over. So that would be be exciting. Must be nice, eh? You will not. No. You can get hammered, I'll drive the cart. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Drive the cart, getting a little drunk. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Don't drink and drive, kids. Just golf carts. Just golf carts. At golf courses. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's what, not what we're trying to promote today. Today, we're going to be promoting a whole lot of fun stuff. Um, today's actually an episode all about what ifs, and that means what ifs, as in what if the playoffs started today? We are a month away. That's right. We have one month left of the season, which is crazy to think that 12 episodes in, we only have... Three weeks. Three weeks. That's yeah. crazy. The last game is scheduled right now for Sunday, August 20th. So I guess three we're... Three weeks yesterday. I, so that means I guess we're gunning for like between 20 and 25 episodes for our season. Probably. Somewhere, somewhere around that range, probably. We'd love to get a few more interviews out there. So, hey, players, coaches, anybody, hit us up. Let's get them out there. I know we have a... Uh, a team photographer for the Toronto Maple Leafs who might want to join us in a few weeks. So. Shout out Carter Smith. Shout out Carter Smith. Yeah, we're going to get him on the pod. And yeah, we've just got some exciting stuff in the works as we get into the dog days of summer. This is it. This is the final month of what's been an exciting season for me, at least. Kind of diving into things and learning a lot, getting a feel for the game. And geez, some of these teams are really running away with things. And by some of these teams, I mean... Well and Jackfish. Well and Jackfish are twenty four and seven, twenty five and seven. I know the standings I don't think have been updated this morning. So twenty four and seven. They only played on Friday and okay. they, they got washed out on Saturday. All right. Well, good thing they're Jackfish. Dun, 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 dun. That didn't land nearly that, as hard as you thought it was nope, going to. That sounded way <laughs> better in my head. I pulled a <laughs> Kyle Ramner in where I told a joke that was a lot funnier in my head, said it out loud, and nobody laughed. And for context, we have a friend named Kyle Ramner in who does exactly that. All the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Thinks he's the funniest man in the room. Nope. Anyway, wow, we are... We need to stop. I'm coming in <laughs> hot today. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it is. Everyone's Just something strays. in the water, something in the air. Like I said, it's the dog days of summer, maybe too much sun. I did go to the beach this past weekend. You. Yeah, I treated myself to the beach. I, I got there too early, and it was too cold, and I was miserable. And my girlfriend told me, you need to chill out. And I have an adult version of chilling out. So I went and chilled out the adult version way, went for a nice walk, and lo and behold, the weather turned out to be beautiful the rest of the day. So shout out uh Shout you must be nice talking weather. about Sunday, because Saturday was raining all over the damn province. A bunch of teams got rained out. Yeah, no, I worked Saturday, so it was Actually, Friday. No, it was just well It was Friday that I was got my uh, got some sun in, and then Sunday I just went for a walk. But yeah, Saturday, lots of rain, more washed out games, games that are just not happening. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs have only played twenty nine games, uh, thirty actually, maybe now after yesterday, um, mm-hmm. but they. Uh, they got to pick up the pace. You know, some teams that are starting to pull away with uh, 33 games already played. So not the three games behind is a big deal, but at least not with these standings currently. But, uh, you know, we want to see these teams play all their games and not have to kind of bum rush them at the end of the year. So let's get right into things. Five minutes in, enough chitter chatter. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have some chatter later. But uh, 
let's start with how you kind of formed these power rankings this week, where you said, again, what ifs? What if the playoffs started today? So what we're going to do is we're going to go through what the playoff matchups would be if they started today, and we're going to be able to talk about a little bit of side pieces within these teams as well. So first off, Brantford Welland. Welland on a they sorry they were whew, they were on a ten game win streak that streak has been snapped and Brantford is gonna Brantford and they're doing their thing down there uh, but they've got six wins and that's four more than they had last year if I'm not mistaken so improvements baby steps um, but they're on a three or four game lose streak right now as well so what does a playoff matchup between these two teams mean other than can Brantford wave the white flag now and maybe just skip it um there was an interesting that ha- thing that happened with Brantford earlier this week um I was speaking to a couple guys in Kitchener I was calling the Kitchener Hamilton game on Friday so I talked to a couple of those guys and Kitchener played Brantford on Thursday and I didn't tell you the story either off the air but um, so this is the first time you're hearing about this, but I guess one of Brantford's pitchers, Brantford was tied with Kitchener at one point. It was like four, four, um, in like the sixth inning Kitchener was kind of sleepwalking through the game. Um, just one of those Thursday night games. And I guess Brantford's pitcher was like super like showcasing after every strikeout, like throwing his hands in the air and like screaming out and stuff like that. And just acting super, super extra. And um, Kitchener's manager, Bill Matitich, walked over to one of Brantford's coaches and said, hey, you tell that kid that he just woke us up. And then Kitchener proceeded to put up a five spot the next inning and ended up running away with the ball game. So the message was, hey, guys, don't forget. Yeah, you're better this year, but you've also you're also six and twenty six. Let's maybe not try to wake teams up when you've got a chance to beat them, you know, like take roll with the punches essentially. But yeah. So Kitchener was kind of sleepwalking their way through through that game. Then that happened. And then their dugout started getting loud. They started getting into the game, started talking trash back to the pitcher and this game will humble you. And so lesson to any young ball players out there. And it's happened to me before. Um, and we kind of all learn this. Some of us the hard way, some of us figure it out early. Um, but when things are going well, just accept that things are going well, and maybe don't push the uh, the old baseball gods buttons, because uh, this game will humble you real quick. And I can't remember exactly who the pitcher was that that happened to, but um, yeah, the game humbled him quickly that day. Anyway, that's a quick side story on Brantford. But and then they got spanked fourteen to one on Friday. Yeah, that happened too. I was gonna kind of let that one slide, but since no you way. Mentioned it, I, Nah, you um, want to talk. I mean, let's talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, what are they now? 367 runs allowed this season. And, like, especially on the mound, it's like, if one of their hitters wants to talk, like a Dude, Matt Fabian or... 367. In, what is that? 32 games. What does that average out to? That's over 10 runs a game allowed. Like, well over 10 runs a game. Let's it is. Math. And, I mean, the next highest team is m- maybe... Maybe Toronto, maybe Kitchener at like around 209. Oh, sorry, Hamilton. Hamilton. Is it? Oh, Hamilton. 213. The Cardinals allowing runs. The Brantford Red Sox are allowing roughly 11.5 runs a game, which hilariously I think is better than last year. Um, Okay, so again, improvements, but maybe don't trash talk when you're. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, it's a tough look when you're down there and you're you're the one talking trash, right? Like it's just not not what you want to do. However, anyway. in their defense, I will trash talk you, even if I've lost five, six games of the show against you in a row. If I win one, <laughs> I'm gonna trash talk you to the ground. But if you beat, and then you'll lose another six or seven. In exactly, a row. doesn't matter. Here's the thing, man. Like, if you're gonna do that, like, fine. But just know what you're getting yourself into, right? Oh, like, that's that's really the key. I'm miserable most of the time because of that, <laughs> and I can imagine that that's where the Brantford, I guess, emotions are coming from. They're mm-hmm. miserable. I would be miserable if all I did was show up to play for you know a losing game, mm-hmm. and 
however they want to express it. If they want to get fired up and pump their tires over, you know, a good pitching outing, I'm cool with it. But like you said, um, how about you eclipse 10 wins or at least hit 10 and then maybe we can chat. Let's get to double digits first. Um, Yeah, the run differential is minus 185, so it's really not good. But anyway, getting back to a potential playoff preview, this is probably going to be the one versus eight matchup uh, unless something catastrophic happens to Welland or unless Brantford goes on a heater. Um, Even if Brantford goes on a heater, I just think they're too far behind London and Guelph, and I think those two teams are going to win enough games to stay above them. Barry would be the only team that would maybe take take over Welland's spot. Yeah, and they have two more games. Yeah, and they have two more games against Welland this season. So if they win both of those, theoretically, they're only a game back. Um, But in all likelihood, um, it's hard to see Welland, a team that's only lost seven games this year, losing, let's say, five of their last ten is probably, or five of their last eleven is probably what's going to have to happen for them to fall to the two seed, and Barry would have to win almost all of their games. So... Um, I know Ryan Rio said that he believes that they could catch him at the end of the year. Ryan, buddy, uh, maybe in the playoffs. I don't. I, I think that's a really interesting matchup if they were to face each other in the playoffs. Regular season, I just think they've banked too many wins already. But getting into a potential playoff preview, obviously Wellen's going to be the heavy, heavy favorite here. If they lose the series, it'd be the most shocking upset maybe in IBL history. Um, but I will say, like, it has the potential to be a more interesting series than it would look like it could very well end the way I see the series going is it would be a well and sweep but and the final scores would be fairly out of hand like I think the final scores might be like you'll see like a 10 to 2 uh 15 to 4 something like that in the final scores but I can see the games being closer than that when you're actually paying attention to them um earlier this year in two separate games, Welland was trailing in Brantford. Uh, I believe it was 7-5 to five in the eighth inning. So they were down late, and then they put up like a 10 spot or something, and they ran away with it late. There was another game in Welland where the teams were tied in the fifth or sixth inning. So, like, still, you know, fairly deep into a game, and it's really competitive. And then, again, Brantford kind of just falls apart. So that goes back to just Brantford's bullpen isn't great. So once they get to that bullpen, it's going to be real tough. And they, I mean, <laughs> they don't really like playing at home or away, but when you look at that away record and you see, you know, 14 losses, they uh, they definitely, I guess, would prefer to play at home with the four wins as compared to two on the road. But, I mean, yeah, it's just not. Mm-hmm. I just don't see, not to cut you off, but I just don't see a way that they don't sweep them. Yeah, I mean, Brantford's ceiling in that series would be winning a game, and even winning a game I think would be fairly surprising. I've Crazier things have happened in this league. Like teams, uh, There's the potential that Welland just takes them lightly and tries to, in a game three, let's say, tries to set up their pitching for the next series and doesn't use one of their guys and maybe tries to use some of their lower leverage guys in a playoff series there, and Brantford's able to get them, but... In a five-game set, there's no there's no way that, that Brantford wins that series. So um, we will have, uh, I believe we'll probably do a playoff preview before the postseason starts. For sure. Where we'll talk about this matchup again um, when it does, when and if it does actually happen. But if the playoffs started today, that's kind of how I, how I see it. Yeah, tough to not see it any other way in my opinion. Um, let me preface that with that was not me making an official prediction which means i have not jinxed anything or anyone yet no official predictions until the pre- the postseason preview where but we, we will, will give we will do that yeah we'll basically do a bracket challenge when we do that unbelievable try to try to essentially go up against each other and figure out who has who has the better bracket oh, at the man. end of it could you imagine if i beat you on a bracket challenge that would be something that's what we call beginner's luck it's like a you know when uh, when when you fill out your March Madness bracket and you're like paying close attention to all the games and actually analyzing the matchups, and then your girlfriend just picks games based on who has the nicer jersey colors or where she'd rather live, and then she does better in the bracket. Yeah, it'd be uh like that's it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could beat me in a bracket challenge. Oh no, my home my homie had a uh, had his girlfriend join the or sorry now fiance join our fantasy hockey league this last year, and. She got lucky drafting Drysidle, and the rest of the draft was just based off of names and faces that she liked, 
and I'm pretty sure she did better than him. Um, yeah, that's tough. But again, beginner's luck, you never know. And in a league as unpredictable as the IBL can be, all it takes is one game at a time, and you never know what could happen. So we move up the food chain and up in the standings, down in the standings, I guess depending on which team you're, you're looking from. Yeah, it? where's your viewpoint? But Barry and London would be the 2v7 matchup. And I guess I'll give a shout-out right off the hop. You were telling me when you came in this morning, hey, did you see that uh, that Jack Couch Park scoreline from the weekend? And that 18 to that 18 to six scoreline really jumps out at you. But Diolio, a four homer game, propelling his team to victory. That's crazy. Four homers. I'm pretty sure he's one off the lead now for the league. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember. Do I have that pulled up right now? I'm sure you're pulling it up. Actually, bang. Diolio now finds himself second in the league in home runs, one behind Hamilton's Tyler Duncan. So, again, we're going to get to Hamilton a little later, but he has, uh, yeah, Diolio can tie Duncan as he and the rest of the team have four games this week, starting with their matchup versus Guelph tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway... Barry versus London. I just cut a little bit of a promo there. Apparently, I'm a, I'm a just a, the promo guy for the, uh, for the majors. Um, anyway, Barry versus London. What's going on? Um, pretty lopsided matchup again, uh, in my opinion. Owen Boone is a stud. Here's the problem for Owen Boone. He's matching up with one. He would be matching up with one of the only guys in the league that's better than him, in Frank Garces. Um, who might be the best pitcher in the league? It's right now. It's between him and Claudio Custodio. What a matchup, though! That would be a great that would be a great matchup to see, and you'd probably see it twice if London's able to extend the series. I just you look at the season series. Barry's won four out of five against London this season with one matchup to go between the two. So Barry clearly would have the upper hand here. They have the better lineup. They have the better pitching staff. Um. They play better defense. It's it's hard to see London competing in a series, but London does have that championship pedigree, and they do have guys on that team that have won back-to-back titles, and there is that pride factor of, hey, we are still the champs until somebody knocks us off, even if we're seventh in the league. So if that were to be the matchup, it would be compelling from that standpoint. Travel would be a massive pain in the ass, though, for both of these teams because it's the two farthest away points in the league with Barry being so far up north, London being so far out west, these teams are traveling three and a half, four hours that to makes play me each laugh. other. That makes me laugh. So far up north, no. we're talking about Barry. Listen, man, it's not our fault that you live in Sault Ste. Marie where there's a population of 16 people. It's the Stewitses and the Dubises, and that's it. They're the only people that live in Sault Ste. Marie. Sounds like pretty great company until you're <laughs> looking to find a wife. Well... I mean, we got a lot of boys in that Dubas family. Yeah, a couple sisters, but anyway, um, I digress. I mean, you got that figured out. You've got a girlfriend, so correct. Who's not a Dubas? Not or a Dubas. Or a Stewart. Or, so or, that's I certainly good. hope not. Oh, that's great. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one um, day. Probably hyphenated. There, there you go. Ah, anyway. um, back on track. Though. That yeah. would stink. Oh. That that travel would stink. That would suck. Um, back and forth. I mean, I don't even want to go back and forth between like Scarborough and anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to Barry to London, to Barry to London, you only pray that it's a sweep for one of those teams. Yeah, and Barry would be <laughs> definitely hoping for that to be the the result. Right. Um, they're on a bit of a heater right now. Three in a row, four in a row. Yeah, they won three in a row, three. five of their last six. So they're getting back on track. Um, they had a pretty light schedule this weekend. Not light in terms of the amount of games. They did play three games in three days, but facing the three lowest teams in the standings and they did what they should do there there's a reason that they're where they are in the standings and the other teams are where they are right pair of nine to four wins and a 14 to one win in Brantford that we had already talked about actually they also played Guelph on Thursday um so they played four games in four days to go three and one in a stretch where you're playing four days in four days or four games in four days 
that's pretty much all you can ask for. Um, that's 6-4 loss in Guelph. Again, it's just one of those things, right, where you play that many games, your starting depth's going to be stretched a little bit. It's going to um, happen. And, yeah, so I don't read too, too much into that. But, yeah, Barry's in a, Barry's in a pretty, pretty comfortable spot with where they're at. And London's just kind of praying that they can hold on to their spot. Yeah. I mean, they could they could catch the Royals, who would be next on our little countdown of what-ifs if the playoffs started today. It would be the Kitchener Panthers versus the Guelph Royals in that three-versus-six matchup, but the majors and the Royals are only separated by a couple of games. So, yeah, I will say this about the majors: they did win two out of three this weekend against two of the top. Te- they had a really tough schedule this weekend, facing Welland and then Barry and then Kitchener on consecutive days. So you're facing the top three teams in the league three straight days. And considering where they're at in the standings, to go two and one in that stretch is outstanding for them. Um, snapping Welland's, uh, snapping Welland's ten game win streak, which. London's actually played them pretty well this year. They've beaten them twice already. So they um if London were to somehow match up with Welland, it could be a it could be an interesting matchup. Owen Boone's got him twice. Uh also Davey Mendez, first blown save of his IBL career on that Friday game. Uh the run wasn't accounted to him, but he came in with the tying run on second. That run ended up on, on third and then a, an infield single. That was a bang-bang play. Very, very close play at first. On first look, I thought he was out. He was called safe. Um, looking at it a couple more times, he looked. He did actually look like he might have been safe. Um, and then Wellen throws away a bunt in extra innings, and that's all she wrote. I believe Chris Boato threw one or two pitches in that entire outing, and they were in that 10th inning. And then the ball was thrown away, and there goes your 10-game winning streak. But, yeah, Owen Boone... Uh, obviously is the the ultimate equalizer for them except when you're going up against Frank Garces. but if it's if if there's one pitcher in the league or, or one of a couple in the league that can match up with him it is Owen Boone so it would make for a compelling uh, a compelling first first game for sure and if London can steal game one who knows what happens plays like that always give me PTSD from what that Armando. Galarraga's oh, near perfect game. Anytime an umpire makes a close call like that, as soon as you said at first glance he looked out, and then you said he might have been safe, or might, you literally just said it. And That's I might exactly be what I said. No, you got it right. You Excellent. got it right. In that case, <sighs> that hurts. That's uh, that's one that gives me PTSD, and I'm not a I'm not a fan of the Tigers. Um, so it doesn't really impact me at all. I'm also not a fan of the then Cleveland Indians, now Guardians. Awful name. Um, I wonder if we ever get to the point where we have instant replay in the IBL. Like, I wonder if the broadcasts ever get good enough. We're, like, at least oh, like a decade from that, most likely. Um, but who knows? Maybe I, one day. I think it's just a matter of getting the people together to put it together. If you will, um, it's just hard, right? Because like hard. the budgets aren't the budgets the same. aren't there, which might which means you need people. I'm just ballparking. Oh, sorry, or spitballing, but you know it's people like you and me, or you and I. Wow, don't tell my father who will listen to this and text me that I just made that error. But it's people like ourselves who love the game, want to grow the game, who might be wanting to you know introduce replay. And, hey, that's a great starting point for somebody who even wants to get into uh, instant replay. So I know the league would be open to that, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, Teams I, think, would be open to that. I think, like, an interesting idea to think about is what if we just had a camera just locked onto first base in every park and we could at least get the first base calls right? Yeah. You know, like, that's at least you could have that and then you could have a camera operator who's doing it. I'll um, never forget the Welland Toronto game at the beginning of the season where Boato almost had to talk down I think it was I don't know if it was just a bench co I don't remember I can't remember who it was but they it was came probably out Scotty Johnson. He came out with the camera Oh Scotty yeah And he was like I- I've got it it's right It's always Scotty He's like, I got it right here bro I'll show you I'll show you 
and the umpire was having none of it, and uh, Boato was just, you know, Boatoing. Yeah. Scotty's a beauty, but Scotty also gets mad a lot. It's pretty funny. You know what's Scotty, funny? Scotty, if Scotty, if you're listening, I can relate to you. You know what's funny is Scotty's like kind of the like the assistant or like the head trainer. I don't know exactly what you'd what you'd refer to him as, but Scotty has uh, a bunch of Super Bowl rings with the New England Patriots um, as a part of their training staff. So he's like he's like an assistant coach. He throws BP, but he's also kind of a trainer sometimes if they don't have their trainer there. Uh, I know last year when I was in Welland, he served as the trainer on the road because our trainer couldn't really make it all the time. And it's just funny thinking about your trainer going onto the field and getting angry at an umpire and losing his mind. He does have that assistant coach title, so it's not as bad, but it's just hilarious. Like, imagine, like, your trainer's, like, working on a guy and, like, trying to, like, massage out his hammy, and then he turns his head and he sees a bad call. He's like, hey, hey, what are we doing? What are you doing here? What are you doing? Yeah, as he's bashing his elbow (laughs) into my back or into my hamstring. Imagine constantly yeah but anyway we've talked about well enough you want to yeah. you want to come full circle back to our back to our uh wrestling roots oh here at inside ibl we talk about wrestling way too much on this podcast scotty too hottie there's a ton of wrestling fans in the ibl by the way and i told you this um i told you this earlier today but justin and Terrasano, we will have them on an off-season episode can't wait of the podcast and his idea he told me he said if you guys are going to do wrestling references and compare them to ibl players I want in. So we will have a segment at some point this offseason where we compare IBL players to WWE former or current wrestlers, and that's going to be electric. We're going to design a pay-per-view. We're going to put players versus players in steel cage matches, and it'll be awesome. That would be outstanding. It would be awesome. That'd be amazing. And like you said, the one matchup that we could maybe get would be that that Owen Boone Garces matchup, and that would be a slugfest. I'll tell you what might be a uh, what might be a, a, a matchup to look out for is uh, Dustin Richardson versus the entire Hamilton Cardinals bench. That started this weekend. <laughs> that did start this weekend. Um, I guess we can just skip right ahead to that one and then come back to Kitchener and. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we can talk about the return of uh, Custodio to wrap things up today, but. Mm-hmm. Hamilton and Toronto, which would be that four or five matchup, middle of the pack order. They um they went at it this weekend. And in more it, ways than one. It was not a close scoreline. Um nine to five to me is not close. It's only four runs, but I think it I think it was a little I think it was worse. They Hamilton made it closer and yes. made it made it look better one hundred percent than it the game was. wasn't as close as it um, as it looked. Well, I, it was and then it wasn't and then it was again. For sure. When I tuned um I was taking care of some stuff over the weekend and I got a chance to tune in when Salazzo almost dummied a minor league kid playing in an opposite field because of how hard and how far his three-run jack went. That was crazy. Yeah, I'll give the people a little bit of a visual. So if you guys, for those of you who know Christy Pitts and understand how it's situated, you got Christy Pitts, you got the skate park in left field, you got the clubhouse in center, and then in right field, you got that other field that's like, probably 100 feet the infield dirt is 100 or gravel I guess is 100 feet away from the fence and then you got the fence which is another like 100 feet away from the start of the gravel and usually you'll see like kids playing there you'll see like a like whatever a house league game of like nine-year-olds or whatever's going on there on a Sunday afternoon so it looked like it was a bunch of 10 12 year old kids like I don't even I don't even know Salazzo one hopped that fence in right field. Like, I'm pretty sure that ball went, like, 430 feet. It was one of the farthest hit home runs ever seen at Christie Pitts. It was well, absolutely unbelievable. Carter said that it almost hit the pitcher's mound. That He, he told me it one-hopped the fence. Well, then there you go. Which, that's a long way to hit a baseball. That's crazy. Yeah, we have there's Christie Pitts homers, and then there's legit no-doubters, and that was a legit no doubter that's out of any park in the IBL, not even close. I also just love the confidence in Salazzo's, um, I guess, bat flip. It's not a bat flip. He just lets like that drop. shit out of his hands immediately because he knows 
I just it's crushed that. It's a little uh, Carlos Gonzalez-esque, isn't it? Hell yeah. Yeah. He's like, I just crushed that, and now I'm going to round the bases. And then he's got that robot arm on, too. <sighs> Unreal. Yeah. What a guy. What a stud. John Salazzo. What can we expect from a Hamilton-Toronto matchup that we maybe haven't already seen this season? We've seen drama. We've seen home runs. We've seen both teams in that, I don't want to call them average, but both teams are average. Um, they're both <laughs> kind of in that middle of the pack, doing their thing. I think at one point... Everybody, he said it this time, don't come for me when one of you guys do better. He called you average. That's Andrew. I did the stunt Christian man. didn't say shit. No, nah, that was the stuntman this nothing. time. The stuntman this time is calling both teams average, mostly because I know that both teams are capable of a whole lot more. Um, You're kind of speaking it into existence, aren't you? Like I you hope want, so. Like you want one of these teams to go on a nine-game heater. I think at one point you mentioned that Toronto does this a lot, where yes. they just kind of coast through the regular season. and They're a perennial four seed. It's hilarious. Knowing that they're, they'll be fine, they're good. Everybody's good on the team, you know what I mean? They're confident, they'll be fine. Then the playoffs happen, and they can turn it on in a second. Um, I want to see it earlier than that. I want to see it now. So more more three-run bombs, more more uh, of all of it. Um, I do, like you said, huge ups to uh, Dustin Richardson. This man was ready to take on the entire <laughs> Hamilton Cardinals team. This guy was like me versus the world. He was the number one entrant in the Royal Rumble and mm-hmm. was ready to face all 30 guys. No, he was he was the number 30 entrant and all 29 guys were still in the ring. It's a good and point. And he started yelling at all of them. It's a good point. I Actually, if you go through the video, um, my favorite is he incredible strikeout to end the game. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. That was some heat, clean strikeout. Hits him with the, it's time, you know, time to step up. It's time. Flash the watch at him. My favorite was if you if you look at the video and you you zoom in, you see him leaning forward, hitting him with the brushing him back with the hand, like flicking away a fly on your meal, like bye bye, see ya, go sit, and. Then all heck broke loose, I guess. It was just, you know, they didn't fight or anything, but words were exchanged. If I'm watching the video up on YouTube right now, it's still up there. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to too. shout out to the guys who run all the video um, at the pits. Not easy to do it at a, f- a spot like that, and they have incredible quality, incredible content. So shout out to them. But yeah, you strike out Rempel, and then you talked smack the whole way. Um, out. They're even in the handshake line, and he was ignoring his teammates in the handshake line to keep talking smack. Is this the most exciting matchup of the what-ifs playoffs right now? I think it's certainly the most interesting, um, where it could go really either way. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that situation yesterday, like... It kind of made me laugh because, like, I don't know what was said, but uh, from speaking to a couple of people who were there, I heard basically because I asked, I asked, I said, what what was Hamilton say? Because Richardson's not going to act like that for no reason, right? Like, they're they said something, and basically he was like, no, like he was just getting pieced up, and Hamilton was letting him hear it and telling him, you know, yelling barrel, 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 and he uh, he didn't like that very much, and. Mr. Richardson, he uh, he's a fiery guy. He it doesn't take much to get him mad, um, and I think that his performance probably made him just as mad as the Hamilton guys yelling because it was one of the worst performances he's had in a while, which is a pretty good thing considering that you know you you give up a couple of runs in an inning and that's the worst outing you've had in this league in in who knows how long. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, he came in with a uh, with a nine to two lead, and Hamilton started hitting him around, and they were letting him hear it a little bit, and then they they got together, and things escalated, and then one thing led to another, and it looked like it it had died down, and then someone from Hamilton said something else, and then uh, Toronto got mad again. I think Connor Lewis was going at at one of the Hamilton guys. Um, yeah, it it was a whole ordeal, but it was also one of those baseball brouhaha's. That's nothing more than a than a um, I'm trying to find a PG way of saying it, but I'm not. I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at a good old fashioned yelling match. Um, but 
yeah, no, it's it's definitely an interesting matchup. Toronto's won three out of the five matchups between the two teams so far this year. Um, Hamilton is really, really struggling, and I gotta say, you gotta look at you gotta look at it a little bit and and wonder um, how much the all the activity at the transaction deadline had to do with their performance this weekend. They lost all three. They've lost eight of their last 10 games. Um, so you look at what you look at what Hamilton's done uh, recently with with all of those moves that they made at the deadline. They got uh, they got a pitcher at the deadline who was here for a day and then went to the Frontier League. So one of the additions they made and then they lost the guy like a Jermaine Prize who has been an effective lefty out of the bullpen. They had to let him go because of the roster crunch. How can you do that? How can you be on a team for one day and just leave? Because he got picked up by a uh, an independent ball team. He got picked up by t- uh, TR, I think, in the Frontier League. Yeah, but like, what? What? That just what? 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 What's yeah, the point? I don't know. I heard. I, I I've heard multiple things about that. Like the guy's got an agent. He's kind of tough to deal with. And then like he shows up and then Boo. He leaves, right. So whatever. Um. Okay. Fine. Anyway. I but digress. yeah, he uh. I don't have an agent, so no, <laughs> no, uh, no. Maybe one day we will. Ugh. Uh, Yuck. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So that leaves them with that whole. Nick Cardinal did pitch on Saturday, and he pitched quite well in his first outing. Um, showcased a really good, uh, a really good splitter against Guelph. Did a really good job for them. Uh, Friday they lost to Kitchener in a game where they really just shot themselves in the foot. I just think that. Again, when guys just don't know what's going on or who's going to be playing where or what's going to be happening and they start pressing and things like that, you get weekends like you did this weekend where just everything that seems to be going wrong continues to go wrong. And um, that's and, and Hamilton's kind of in free fall mode for the last couple weeks. So hopefully they can turn it around, but things things have definitely gone south for a franchise and for a team that – at first had aspirations and, and, and looked like they were on pace to set a franchise record and wins for a season looking for 22, which would put them over 500. Now they're 15 and 17. They're under 500 and they're going to have a tough time getting to that number. So yeah, we'll see what happens with them in Toronto. Again, they've, they've been in a tough spot where they can't really get into much of a rhythm. They had two more games rained out this week. Um, they only played one game Brutal. on the weekend, but yeah, like as you mentioned off the top, as I as I've said many times with Toronto is don't read too much into what Toronto's doing in the regular season. Just pay attention to them come playoff time because they're a completely different team once the stakes are raised. Well, I again want to see both of them push themselves a little bit more than I think they have been. So, once again, Stop being average, and if you don't like me saying it, play better. Hey, speaking of that, I have to put my foot down. Oh, God. What happened? I think that there are some MLB listeners, and I'm not talking like, oh, you follow the MLB. I'm sure 95% of the people who listen follow Major League Baseball in some capacity. I have no idea where you're going with this. I was listening to, I believe it was, the Sportsnet pregame for the Jays, or it was a replay of a TSN overdrive segment, but they had big baseball insider guy, oh god, what's his name now, former GM of the Mets, Uh, he's a... Big Steve baseball Phillips. radio guy. Yes, thank you. What a legend. Steve Phillips. He was on there, and you know what he said? That was probably overdrive. I think he's a TSN guy. Do you know what he said? No, I don't. Well, you know, I keep reading that if, uh, you know, players don't like uh, what we're saying about them, maybe they should just play better. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's the shout-out? Where's the shout-out, Steve? So, Steve Phillips, <laughs> I know you're listening. I know you're out there. If you hear this... Give credit where it's due, bro. I know we're not the first people to invent it, but we're the first people to be doing it consistently this season. So, come on. We should just, like, trademark it and just, like, make it our tagline. 
If you don't like it, play better. Well, what was that really insane? I have a t-shirt of it, actually. I have a Joey Votto quote on a t-shirt. Pretty sure it was pre-pandemic Reds when they said, we're going to be a bleeping nightmare this year. Oh, yikes. Um, I have that on a t-shirt. They have been this year, to their to their credit. Shout out Cincinnati Reds. No, the first guy I heard say that and like use it as like a like a tagline almost was David Price. Um, oh, back in 2015. Who the good old days? Yeah, yeah. David Price. I believe. Um, I can't remember if he said it when he was with the Jays or if he said it before or after. Um, but at one point he was struggling, so it probably wasn't with the Jays because he didn't really struggle once he got here. I think no. it was when he was with the Red Sox. Um, shortly after that, and at one point somebody asked him like, "What do you like, like, what do you attribute this to, or whatever?" And he's like, "Well, like, I can make all the excuses in the world, but at the end of the day, like, if you don't like it, pitch better, and I just got to pitch better." And so that was that was kind of how David Price looked at it, and yeah, I'd say that there's a lot of players who kind of look at it that way, and just look no further than the Barry Baycats, right? They didn't like what we had to say about them, so. They just played better, and now they're second in the league. So, yeah, listen, I, I know I was kind of, you know, I kind of went at Hamilton a little bit here with this podcast, with this episode, but even so, like, for anyone listening who thinks I'm being harsh on Hamilton, go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. I've been way meaner to other teams. It's true. Um, but, yeah, like, if we're calling a spade a spade, which is what we do here, we don't shy away from, uh, from brutal honesty – they just haven't been good enough lately, and they're going in the wrong direction. And um, it's it's a question mark, and I wonder how many games they're going to win the rest of the year because you look at their record, and a lot of those wins they banked early on when it, they were in the honeymoon phase, you know, with new ownership, new general manager, all these people coming to the park. You know, now it's, it's put-up-or-shut-up time, and so far they haven't really put up. So, and for general manager George Halim, when you – make all these moves and you make all these transaction and George, you know, George isn't afraid to go on the team broadcast and talk about his additions and talk about them in the press release and, and, and do all that stuff and hype up his team. And again, it's, it's commendable how much he, he, you know, all of his go birds tweets and all that stuff. Um, but when you're the architect behind the roster and your roster isn't playing well, it falls with you. Um, especially in a league like the IBL. So, um. Yeah, we'll see again how the moves work out. But since he's made all those moves at the transaction deadline, oh and three, so not a great start for the birds. The architect, an unbelievable wrestling name. Who was the architect again? Don't think there was one. Was there? I swear there was a guy. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, you talked about a honeymoon phase. How about this honeymoon phase with the return? of Custodio and a potential playoff matchup between Kitchener and Guelph. What do you make of that series? Good for Guelph? Not great for Guelph? And do you think that it could, with the way Hamilton's playing, could it be a Kitchener-Hamilton matchup? Well, if it is a Kitchener-Hamilton matchup, we'll talk about that on the playoff preview. I I guess we will. Um, but as it stands right this now... this is a hypothetical situation. Of, that's true. If, if they, the if, season ended on July 31st, these would be the matchups. That's it. We'll just... We'll, for, for for the purposes of this exercise, we'll stick with Kitchener and Guelph. Um, you look at these these two teams, and it's it's actually quite an interesting matchup with Custodio in the fold. Um, Kitchener's the better team. Without question, Kitchener's the better team. They have the better lineup. Uh, they have more pitching depth than Guelph does. Guelph pitching depth really got exposed this weekend when Sunday they're down by three or four runs. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's a relatively close game, and in the IBL, four runs isn't that much. And they got to throw out Darius Barless, who's regularly a second baseman or a third baseman um, for their team, and he's got to go out there and pitch. And even Jeff McLeod, who is more of a hitter than he is a pitcher, he had to pitch in that game as well. So they they were they were short on arms coming into Sunday. So I don't know how their pitching depth stacks up, but the thing about a playoff series, a five-game series, is you're kind of just going balls to the wall and you're just kind of 
going with your best guys as often as you can. And for Guelph, that means Claudio Custodio pitching game one, and then Claudio Custodio pitching game three or game four, and then maybe available out of the bullpen in game five. So a lot of work. You look at, yes, and it's going to require a lot of work, but you look at where Guelph is and where they were last year. And last year they lost the series to Hamilton, and they'll tell you this probably first before anybody else is they lost that series before the series started. They lost that series in the eliminate in the uh, the one game playoff with London uh, at the end of the season. So for anyone who doesn't remember, um, at the end of last season there were three teams tied for first place in the league, and it was Welland, Guelph, and London. And because of tiebreakers. Uh, London and Welland, or sorry, London and Guelph ended up being the top two. And what happens is in the IBL, you play a one-game tiebreaker to determine who wins the pennant. And in that one-game tiebreaker, Guelph decided they wanted to throw Custodio and try to win that game because they thought they could beat either Hamilton or Brantford fairly handily without him even starting game one. They lost that game, ended up having to play... Uh, Hamilton didn't have Custodio until game three. And so because of that, they had already lost games one and two. Custodio comes in game three pitch as well. And then game five, he's pitching on two days rest, which is also why he wasn't able to go super deep in that game. He only went, I think, six or seven innings. And his pitch count was only at like 95. So if he's on more rest, he probably could keep going. But it's hard to ask a guy to throw 130 pitches or whatever pitching on two days rest in that spot. This year, they're not going to make that mistake again. Custodio's going to start game one. And then he's going to start, and they're, they're probably going to win game one. Because when Custodio pitches, you usually win. And Kitchener has more pitching depth, but they don't have a top-end guy that can really match up with Claudio. So, let's say Guelph wins that game. Now they're guaranteed a game four at least. Claudio pitches game four. Whoever he matches up against, he's going to be the favorite. That series could very easily go five games. Or Guelph could even win it before that. Because if you win two Custodio starts, all you got to do is win one more. Um, and you got to get, and in baseball, anything can happen, right? Like, Guelph's got three chances to win one game yeah. outside of Claudio Custodio. So it's a really, it's, it's a, that would be my, my upset alert. I don't think Toronto and Hamilton, I don't think there's a there's a, a big discrepancy between the two teams. So, like, either one winning would be super shocking. No, it just will be a good matchup. Yes. Whereas Guelph-Kitchener, most people are going to peg Kitchener to win that series. But Guelph with that, with that guy on the mound, any day that Claudio Custodio is pitching, you're the best or second best team in the league. So... It could make for a... I don't think Guelph has enough to win a championship, but to win a series and upset one of the top three teams, they they could do it. Um, and so Kitchener's going to want to win a couple more games here and try to get in front of Barry, only a game and a half back right now, so they can avoid that matchup at all costs. Yeah, Kitchener's going to be relying a lot on their bats mm-hmm. and a lot on the offense while you're going to see maybe the flip side. And it's, it's going to be... If that is the matchup, that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Custodio... At Jack Couch, against probably Gonzalez, the best leader Jacklin Curtis Jarvis. I mean, the list goes on and on of these guys who are dominating. Well, and here's in the, other, the top hitters of the league. And here's the other interesting part about that is Jacklin won't be here for the playoffs. At least not. He might be here for the first round, but he won't be here very long because he's got to go back to school. And I think Jed Jarvis might also be going back to school. So you're losing your one and nine hitters who. Those guys basically, well, Jarvis basically won you the game on on Friday in Hamilton. He went three for three with a walk. Um, You're taking so, out a combined twenty two RBIs on the year. Well, and, that and that's that, not even their 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 forte, right? No, like, they're, they're just getting they're on the base. And absolutely. So, so with those guys gone, it makes it an even more interesting matchup. Now Guelph's going to lose Brandon Larue most likely. Um, yeah, seventy four hits between the two of them. You're taking seventy four hits out of your lineup. Mm-hmm. You got to find it somewhere else, and you got to find it against Custodio. Right. Um, oh, that's an intriguing matchup. The more you talk about it, and yeah. the more you almost you almost look at. Okay, let's say Kitchener does go on a run. They take that second seed, and let's say you know they can meet London down the road. I mean that 
That could be intriguing. That could be a very exciting matchup. I'm just scrolling down the list, and I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah, where are you? Yeah, LaRue. There you are, all the way down there. I mean, all the way down there, he's hitting 336. That's savage of me <laughs> to say. I can't hit 336. Yeah, he's really struggling, eh? 336. These guys make me laugh all the time, even when we, when we had Ryan Rio on, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm struggling. Yeah, I've only gotten a hit in 16 of my last 17 games. That's tough. My longest hit streak was only 400 games in a row. What do I do? Yeah, no kidding. These eh? guys are so funny. <laughs> um, the other interesting thing to note on Custodio, and this only lets me go back to July 17th of last year, but I don't know how many times he's pitched at Jack Couch Park, and I actually don't think he pitched there last year. He appeared in one game where he had an at-bat. Um, Custodio, former, former minor league game fielder, so he can hit a little bit too. What can't this guy do? But um, he hasn't pitched at Jack Couch in that bandbox. Um, they've actually done a really good job of protecting Custodio in those smaller parks because he also – has pitched in Toronto like once or twice in the last couple of years. Now, granted, he pitched in Toronto, and I believe that he struck out like 17 guys or something when he pitched there. Uh, so I'm not saying that it's a something that's going to hinder him necessarily, but um, it's a much more comfortable experience pitching at Hastings Stadium than it is pitching at Jack Couch Park. Um, now, in Custodio's start on Saturday, same guy that we've seen. In the past, if not better, uh, went six innings, gave up two hits, one earned run, no walks, ten strikeouts. That extends his streak of striking out at least ten guys or more to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. His last nine IBL starts, he has struck out at least ten batters. In that stretch, he has given up more than three runs only once. So, again, an absolutely dominant pitcher who's returned to his dominant self. Um, right off the bat. An intriguing matchup, definitely. No kidding. That will be an exciting one. I mean, all of the matchups that we've talked about today are exciting. I think that if the playoffs did end today, you'd certainly see some storylines, and you'd certainly see a couple of teams maybe questioning, uh-oh, do we, what do we do here? Yeah. What do and, we do? And when we do the playoff preview, the odds are a lot of these matchups are going to stay the same, but... It's going to be a bit of a different episode because of the fact that, number one, we'll be making predictions. And number two, things in this league change quickly, right? Three weeks ago, we were talking about Hamilton as one of the three or four best teams in the league. Now we're saying, yikes, like, can they even stay afloat at this point with how they've been playing recently? Barry obviously was average, and then three weeks later, they're sitting atop the power rankings. So um, things in this league change very, very quickly. So... The, the teams we see with where they're at right now, the standings aren't going to shift a ton because I think where, where teams are right now and the distance between them. Um, but in terms of narratives and what we can expect from these teams and where they're at, that's all going to change for many of these clubs. And it's my, again, my eye is on a team like Guelph to see how they look. They have signed Sean Riley. He hasn't appeared in a game yet. If he's going to qualify for the playoffs... He doesn't have much time to do it, so we'll see if that also... Because if they can get him in the lineup, it becomes an even more interesting scenario with Kitchener. What's going on there? Why series. haven't they got him in the lineup? Well, I was talking to one of the guys in Guelph, and he was saying that Sean, he's still preoccupied with other things, which is the reason that he didn't play this year. Right. Um, And he signed more as like a, what's the harm in it? Maybe things go well, and I can... um. Like I can show up to a few games and play a few games and qualify, but there is no real certainty that that's going to happen. Um, if I do hear otherwise, that he will for sure qualify, we'll definitely let you know. But as of right now, it's it's definitely a big question mark. Um, but if they were able to get him in the lineup, that'd be huge. Well, sign me up for radio transition of the day, but... Uh you want to talk about transitioning into, you know, another team that wants to get some guys going and find out who's going to be on their roster. The Barnstormers, Chatham, 
Back to some chatter. What's in the chatter? chatter? What's the chatter? Well, announced over the weekend, a chat, uh, chat, I almost called them chatter. That's tough. The chatters. Announced over the weekend, the Barnstormers announced their tryouts. Uh, they did put out a tryout announcement being um, the newest members of the Intercounty Baseball League. They will be doing their tryouts at their home ballpark, Fergie Jenkins Field. Outstanding name for an outstanding baseball legend who, the man sitting across from me, the laser beam, had an opportunity to interview earlier, uh, was it last, at the end of last year or earlier no, in this March. year? March. March of this year. Or March or April. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. That was a cool interview. It was. It was cool to talk to a big league Hall of Famer. That's pretty cool. You don't get to do that every day. Dude, yeah, what a what an awesome guy. Man, Just... he's got the whitest teeth that anybody has ever seen in their lives. It's crazy. How white that guy's teeth are. The veneer game just on point or Unreal, what? Unreal, man. That's awesome. I got to talk to him about what he, what he does in terms of, uh, like, does he use that, like, you know how you ever, like, scroll through TikTok or whatever and you see those, like, high smile commercials or yep. those ads? It's like, does he use something like that or does he just have money and can basically pay somebody to fix his teeth on <sighs> a regular basis, which, I yeah. mean, when you're a big league Hall of Famer, I wouldn't put it past him. I was going to say it's probably money. Yeah. Yeah, not something that me and you can do. But the the tryout dates, I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I figure we plug it now, maybe we plug it a few more times, and I don't know, we just want to see the team be the best that they can going into next season. We're just trying to create some more chatter in Chatham. By the way, next year when they come into the league, if they don't have a podcast or like a segment dedicated to the team that is named Chatter in Chatham, first of all, if you do, credit us please. If you don't, I'm very disappointed in every single one of you because it's it's Incredibly. it's right there. Incredibly. Um, but September 8th and 9th. So, again, a month away. They're going to let the season play out. Um, but right around playoff time, who knows? Maybe you get eliminated early and you head on down to Chatham and try out for their team. I'm just kidding. But Man, they got to do something with their field, though. Like, I know you've never seen Fergie Jenkins' field. It's a, like... You think Jack Couch is a joke. Yikes. Oh, boy. You're just talking size? You're going to see a lot of pitchers get the Chatham flu next year. Oh, no. Because that place is a banned box. Like, you're seeing, it is small. You're seeing less less players get like the Christy Pitts flu and the Jack Couch flu. Yeah, you're I mean, those have, never really been, those. those have never really been like a thing. It's more just like... Pitchers being like, yo, like I really don't want to pitch here today. Like, what was the great. what was your least favorite park to pitch in? Christy Pitts. We did talk about. Yeah, this. we talked. I about think that. we maybe have brought that yeah. up already. And I that's think maybe I pitched, a, that's a dumb question. Yeah, I think I've thrown like three and a third innings there, and I've given up like seventeen earned runs or something. Like it's not good. I had one start where I went one and a third, and I gave up eleven earned. It was bad. Um, one of those INF ratings when you play fantasy baseball. And you no, just I did have a stat line because I got outs. Oh, that's good. Which is worse actually because. <laughs> It's yeah. How does that work? Would you prefer to just be INF, or would you prefer to have a twenty-seven ERA? No, see, I think like I think INF is 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 better. Like I would rather have an INF. Damn. All right. Which stands for infinity, in case anyone's wondering. But yeah, uh, yes, it's it, uh, it's not infielder. It's it's because like at least if it's like it's if it's infinity, it's like nothing went right for you that day. Like everything went poorly. That's you can just tough. chalk it up to that. But like. It's like I actually managed to get through an inning. The worst part about it is they sent me out for another one. Shout out Dean Costelli. Thanks for hanging me out the dry, buddy. Yeah, but Love anyway, you. if you want to try out for the <laughs> Chatham team, September 8th, and if you make the cut, you return September 9th. Bring your own wooden bats, gloves, and catcher's gear if you have it. Registration is at some point on Friday. I think it's like by 5.30. Anyway, that's a long time away. September 8th is a month away, but we just wanted to get that plug out there. So uh, we wanted to create that chatter, that chatter in Chatham. Folks, I think, unless uh, the laser beam wants to interject, I'm getting the nod. So that's it. That's all for another episode of Inside Intercounty. You can find all of the podcast's social stuff over on Twitter, at InsideIBLPod, or of course you can 
find us on our own personal socials. The stuntman is at Stuitz A. And the laser beam, where can people find you? Chris underscore laser eight, laser with a Z. L-A-Z-E-R. I made it when I was like 12. Okay, leave me alone. Like major laser. Basically. No, it's, see, my, uh, my, my PlayStation name is Minor Laser because of that. Shout Quest- out to my sister, by the way. She came up with that. That's a questionable one. What do you mean it's a question? It's right, like, that's, that's, that's good, man. No, we're out of here. Folks, no, on behalf of myself, the stuntman, that's the laser beam. I am a hater, and we'll see you and hear from us next week on Inside Intercounty. Ciao for now. Good thing they're jackfish. Oh, brother, this guy stinks!